Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewer Review Podcast. I believe this is our episode 191, so we're pushing toward 200, and we've got our annual first round MLB mock draft up through the Brewers pick, and they pick 18th this year. Joining me today is Vince. Vince, how are you doing, Vince? I'm doing great, Craig. How are you? Hey, Scotty. Hey, Chad. Are these guys on? No, I think they're still out scouting potential Brewer picks. Uh, so yeah, they've done some good reporting, but I'm not sure if they'll be joining, be able to join us today. So, all right. All right. So this year's draft, um, I, and again, I guess I'll start by saying I'm really surprised that in the last CBA that, that they didn't have it negotiated in. And I guess, I don't know, I would think the owners would want this more than anything that the trading of draft picks, um, it's still the only major sport where, Draft picks are not allowed to be traded. Well, it, technically, they, you can trade your competitive balance picks, which usually the small market teams get a handful of. And the Brewers are fortunate to have, usually they flock back and forth. These competitive balance picks are at the end of the first round and then the second round. Um, and the Brewers actually have um, competitive balance pick number 33 this year. So it's pre- pretty high. So uh, they basically get like almost an extra end of the first round pick, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, I was kind of surprised by that, that, that wasn't negotiated in, but, uh, so the Brewers, you know, they're at 18 and they really can't move up or anything like that. Um, but yeah, this year's draft used to be always held beginning of June. Obviously it was not the case anymore. They hope they, they hold it just before the all-star game or every year, uh, the all-star game festivities this year in Seattle, uh, kick off on Sunday with a futures game after the futures game concludes and the, that night, Sunday night, the 10th. Of July, they're going to be uh, the first round, I think, uh, and the competitive, the first competitive balance round, uh, um, Sunday night, July 10th, and then they have the rest of the rounds on the next day, the 11th, and I believe some on the 12th too. So that wraps up what the draft will be. So obviously the Brewers contending this year, um, they have a pretty strong, farm, strong enough farm system, but I think they're going to be graduating a lot of their top hitters if not this year and next, um, you know, so the, I think restocking the farm is something we're definitely going to want to do. Congratulations to the three brewers that made, that were named to the futures game. And that is of course, one of the top prospects in baseball, Jackson Shrio, who's at double A this year. Also down in the single A catcher, Edgar Quiero made the futures game roster. And also um, second round pick from, I believe, uh, just a year ago, and that's Jake, Jacob Mizrowski, um, who has been pitching really well at the lower levels as well. Um, and they're really saying his stuff is really ticked up, and really it's just about command with him. But he's got really phenomenal, um, phenomenal pitches, and uh, as a right-hander, so yeah, something to look forward to for Brewer fans in the future. So, hey, hey Craig, do you know offhand is uh, is three the highest total that the Brewers have ever had in a futures game before? I'm, I know that. We've had a number of guys who played in that game in the past, obviously, but I, I haven't been able to find a time where we've had three guys in one year. Do you know of a case of that? Um, I want to say, and I don't know off memory, I'd have to have Scott's interns probably look this up, so um, perhaps they can get on that. But, um, yeah, I believe there might have been one other year where we had three, but I, I'm not remembering 
the year. Um, so I'm sure by the end of this podcast, I could have that looked up uh, for us. So we do appreciate all their efforts. Uh, so if Coco and Trixie, if you could, if, if they could work on that during this podcast and get that information, that'd be great. But yeah, it is it is definitely an honor, and it shows the strength of our our farm system having having three of them for sure. Um, all right, so the first round, uh, let's just, I'm just going to, again, our Meyer League analyst, Brandon Miller, has put together this mock draft like he does every year. He really scouts all the Meyer Leagues, the Brewers, and also the colleges and the high schools across the country, seeing who the Brewers would pick here in the first round. They've got the 18th overall pick. The top of the draft, the Pirates have the number one overall pick, and he's got them taking Dylan Cruz, an outfielder from Louisiana State University, who just wrapped up winning the world, the College World Series over the Florida Gators just last week. And believe it or not, the top two picks here in Brandon's mock draft are both from Louisiana State. Uh, the second overall pick, the Nationals, he's got taken Paul Skeens, a right-handed pitcher from Louisiana State, like I mentioned. And he is being touted as basically the best pitching prospect to come out of college and the draft since Steven Strasburg. Uh, so that's you know, there's a very good chance he could go number one overall, but uh, he's got the Pirates taking Dylan Cruz, who was also a top 10 recruit, you know, even coming out of high school, he decided to go on to college and did really well. So he's got number one overall, Dylan Cruz, number two, Paul Skeens, both of LSU. Moving on, the Tigers have the third overall pick. He's got them taking the first high school hitter, and that's Max Clark, outfielder from Indiana High School. And then fourth is the Rangers from Vince's sort of neck of the woods, so to speak, in Texas. And he's got them taking the Gators outfielder, Wyatt Langford. Wyatt Langford. Fifth overall, the Twins. I don't know, Greg, big rivalry series down here this weekend. Uh, Rangers are coming to Houston. I think, I think, I know Saturday is sold out. I think Sunday is as well. It's going to be a good weekend of baseball, I think, down here in the Lone Star State. Oh, great. You're going to be able to make it out to the game? Um, possibly, uh, TBD, TBD. Big holiday weekend, yeah. All right, we are we are going to go out to we are going to go out to a minor league game tonight, uh, Sugarland, uh, to see the Astros Triple A team, the Space Cowboys. They're playing uh, the Dodgers Triple A team, the Oklahoma City Dodgers. So we're actually going to do that tonight. Um, so yeah, excited to see John Singleton and Gus Barland and uh, Jimmy Nelson. Sweet, should be a good time. Um, fifth overall pick by the Twins. He's got. I'm taking my favorite prospect at the top of this draft, and that's actually Walker Jenkins, outfielder from uh, North Carolina High School. Uh, big power bat. Um, number six, another one of my favorite picks actually here is the A's. He's got taken Jacob Gonzalez, a shortstop from University of Minnesota, Mississippi. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez is actually son of former Diamondbacks World Series hero Louis Gonzalez. In fact, he's a triplet. He's got two sisters he was born with, uh, so it's back in 2002, I believe. So yeah, um, Jacob Gonzalez going six overall to the Oakland A's or soon to be Las Vegas A's most likely. Um, the Reds, seventh overall, he's got taking Kyle Teal, catcher from Virginia. Royals picking eighth overall. He's uh, We've got in our mock, Noble Meyer, right-handed pitcher from high school in Portland, Oregon. Um, and then the Rockies at ninth overall, he's got taking um, shortstop Jacob Wilson. Tenth overall, the Marlins. He's got taken right-handed pitcher from Wake Forest, Rhett Lauder. The Angels, also a college right-handed pitcher from Tennessee, Chase Dahlander. The Diamondbacks, he's got taken Colin Hawk, shortstop 
from Georgia High School. 13th overall, the hate arrival Cubs will be, he's got, we've got taken Thomas White, a left-handed pitcher from, uh, looks like a junior college in Massachusetts. Um, the Red Sox at number 14, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Diamondbacks are the ones uh, picking 12th overall, I have them taking Colin Hawk from high school. The Red Sox are at 14th overall pick. We've got them taking Matt Shaw, shortstop from Maryland. White Sox at 15th overall. Third baseman from the University of Miami, Yohandi Morales. Good hitter. Um, the Giants at number 16th overall. He's got taken a high school shortstop from Colorado, and that's Walker Martin. And then the Orioles picking just before us at 17th overall. He's got taking Enrique Barfield Jr., outfield from Vanderbilt. And drum roll, please. The Brook Review mock draft has the Brewers selecting. From Texas Christian University, third baseman, Braden Taylor. Right-handed. TCU has a heck of a team here. That TCU is a great, a great program. Yeah, they really do. And now there are a couple other names that I think the Brewers could go with that will be available in this range. I'll just throw some of those out there um, that, that are intriguing to me. The guy I really like is Bryce Eldridge, who's from high school in Virginia. He's a first base slash right-handed pitcher. Um, he's got... A great bat, but also a great arm. And I think he could literally be a major leaguer at either side of the ball. And, you know, the, the, it's tough to break in guys like that. Uh, but as we're seeing with Shohei Otani, maybe it's a possibility that, you know, he could be a very, very valuable player if he could actually be successful on both sides of the ball. So he's really intriguing to me. But um, some other names out there could be available for our pick. Um, Hurston Wal Waldrop, uh, right-handed pitcher from Florida. Um, also Brock Wilkin, uh, third baseman from Wake Forest, and Chase Davis, outfielder from University of Arizona, are some intriguing names. The Brewers tend to lean back, I guess, with their first-round picks in this current regime. Uh, so we'll see if they stray from that. Um, as far as pitchers go, there's Alexander Clemmy, a, right, a left-handed pitcher from high school in Rhode Island, uh, and also... Charlie Soto, right-handed pitcher from high school in Florida, Kissimmee, Florida. Um, so yeah, there's some intriguing names. Also, George Lombard. Craig, I should I should add this out there though, really quick, so our fans are, are fully aware. Some of our newer fans may not be. Um, anytime that you want the Brewers to select someone in the draft, though, it's 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 bound to not happen. I just want to be very clear. So um, there's a history here of uh, your. You're maybe yeah. being a little disappointed on draft day. You may want to let yeah, I have a audience. huge, huge strikeout rate when it comes to trying to predict the Brewers and Brand uh, the Brewers uh, draft picks, are, especially if it's a guy I like. I'm targeting for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. I think the only time it's ever happened is when they pick Brett Lowry, and I think, um, yeah, that's just about it, and that didn't pan out because he was a jerk off. So anyway, um, right. But uh, the Brewers also, like I mentioned, have the 33rd overall pick, and they actually have four top 100 picks. They picked 54th in the second round and 87th in the third round. And so real, just throwing out a couple names I think might be available for the 33rd overall pick. One guy I really like who um, is Kevin McGonigal, shortstop from high school in Pennsylvania. Also another high school third, another um, high school shortstop from Ohio, Colt Emerson. And also one from California, Eric Bianti. 
Um, those are all names. And also a guy that for, uh, the second starter for LSU, Ty Floyd, his name is right-handed pitcher, really improved his draft stock in the College World Series. And I could see him going in that same range of pick 33. Um, so the Brewers could maybe consider him as well. But lots of talent in this draft. I think the top of the draft with Skeens and Cruz have some really, really nice hitters. I really love the, the top two high schoolers on the board, too. Walker Jen Jenkins, like I mentioned, and Max Clark. Unfortunately, all those guys won't be available for the Brewers, but there should be you know, a nice nice mix of guys available at number 18 that could definitely contribute for the Brewers in the future. So it's a pretty pretty nice and deep draft here, and, and I think it's exciting the Brewers have four of the top 100 picks, and uh, it'll be great to add to our farm system here coming on July 10th. Yeah, uh, good analysis, Craig. You know, that's a, that's a pretty thorough, uh, you know, dive into to some of these names that are looking to go here in the first, you know, round of the draft. I think that, um, I think there's always surprises on draft day. It's a lot of fun. I, I really also, I, I think it should be said that I really enjoy that MLB has, has moved this event. It's obviously been going on now for a couple of years in this new format, but has moved the event to the all-star game week. I think that that's pretty awesome that we can, we can we can have a little bit more focus on the draft than in years past. It seemed like kind of an afterthought almost, where a lot of uh, fans didn't even know what was going on. You really have to be kind of a diehard to to really get into it. I think that now it's a little bit more uh, accessible and, and part of the larger pageantry of the All Star Game. So I do like that quite a bit. Um, so no, I'm I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be it'll be uh, fun as always to see who the Brewers end up getting. And you know, one of the hard things about baseball compared to the to football and basketball is that we don't really know how how it's going to work out for at least a couple seasons. Um, you know, I was actually surprised that Garrett Mitchell got to the big leagues as quickly as he did being our first round draft pick in 2020 and appearing in a big league game by 2022. But normally it's a, you know, a three-year process. So it's always fun to to kind of track these guys as they start off in the lower runs of the minor leagues and, and make their way to the big leagues. A lot's going to happen in, uh, in that period of time. So um, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool part of baseball. And I think that it's, it speaks to baseball as being a long process, not just a, a, a quick, a quick and, and, you know, quick uh, and easily gratifiable thing. It's it's a it's a longer longer term thing, and I, I love that about baseball. I think it's 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 a great part of the game. Oh, I totally agree, Vince. I mean, obviously, the baseball draft has made such huge strides over the last couple of decades. I mean, I'm, at one point, uh, it was done all over a conference telephone call between all the GM and the scouting directors, and they literally just had everyone's names like on a little note card, and they would fire it off really, really rapidly. They'd have the whole draft on, I believe, of like 50 rounds in a matter of hours. Um, it was really systematic, and there was there was no showmanship at all. But as you see in all the other sports, uh, the draft for all the other sports has become like a huge event. I, in fact, I think just last night was the NHL draft. But, I mean, the NBA draft is a ridiculous um, spectacle, and also the NFL draft. The difference with those drafts and the MLB draft is that those guys are helping pretty much the same year that they're drafted for the most part. Um, and so that fans get more excited when their team can automatically, you know, add a player that's going to be, they're going to be able to see that next season, get them fired up for the next season. Like you mentioned in this case, drafting guys out of college is going to take two to three years for them to meet or longer to reach the majors. And the same thing with high schoolers, you're talking four to six or more years before they really possibly make an impact. So it's a, it's yeah. just like a whole nother ball game, no pun intended. But, uh, but with that being said, I think that, uh, piggybacking the draft right after the futures game, I think really hits their market audience of like people that are really, you know, into the rebuilding process that baseball does, which can be a lot of fun for fans too, as we found out in the early days of the Brooker review when the Brewers were, you know, 
had just opened a new stadium and were really, really bad, but they were able to turn the franchise yep. around with some really high draft picks with like Prince Fielder and Ryan Braun. Um, and, you know, and, and they really, you know, were able to propel themselves back into contention in a fairly short period of time. And so I, I think mm -hmm. that both hardcore baseball fans get that, the cycle that happens. And so for fans of these teams picking their top, like the Nationals, for example, that, that uh, or Pirates, um, you know, picking what uh, difference-making talent right here at the top of the draft is really pretty exciting uh, for fans to get get fired up about. So, yeah. So, and the same thing yep. with the with the Brewers, I, th I think they could really, you know, help their system and possibly bring a future All-Star player with a you know, with a first-round pick. Yeah. No, that's for sure. And you know, one other thing that I think there's worth repeating is that you there's a lot of players that are very close in terms of their talent level. And obviously the guys that you mentioned from LSU are, are kind of a step above at this point. But that being said, there are still a lot of really good guys that are going to be available with the 20th pick or the 25th pick or, or even in the third or fourth rounds. And um, I don't know that a lot of guys have, have really even kind of hit their, hit their uh, peak, even at, at that for their age groups at the, at this point in their career. So I think that baseball, unlike a lot of other sports, you really can find that that talent level is not that different almost between guys from the, you know, beginning of the first round compared to the end of the first round. So I, I certainly think that you can find, you know, talent up and down throughout the draft. And we've seen so many examples in baseball history of guys who get drafted way later and end up having Hall of Fame careers. Obviously, Mike Piazza is the, the classic example, a guy who got drafted in a round that doesn't even exist anymore. He was so low. So I, I think that that's something that also bears worth remembering. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and again, uh, as just an example of now, the Brewers have the like I mentioned, the 18th, 33rd, 54th, and 87th pick in the first uh, three rounds of this draft. Pick 54, the second round pick, that player could become a future All Star. As an example, Devin Williams was pick 54th overall. That's right. In the second That's round right. way back in the day, and he's our likely all-star this year. So I mean, um, or yep. one of them, hopefully. Um, again, they haven't been announced as of this taping. I'm sure they will be by the time you're possibly listening to this, but Devin Williams was drafted way back in the second round, 2013. That was 10 years ago. And he is he's not just now becoming a dominant closer. Um, so you could see his long journey where he spent many years in the major uh, the minor leagues before he, he made it to the majors. Um, in fact, yeah, he didn't even, I think, make the, his major league debut until I think 2019, I want to say. So it was 2019. It was 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a full six years after he was drafted out of high school in Missouri. And so you can just see, yeah. but, but with the impact that he's had to the franchise now, a full 10 years later is he's our best 10 years later, drafted 54th overall, 10 years ago, he's now the best player pretty much on our team. So you can see, you know, someone drafted in the second round uh, this July, we could have to wait 10 years to really see him come to fruition. But, you know, you can see his development as he goes through minor leagues and all that. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's exciting uh, to, to be able to yeah. track these players as they go through minor leagues. And, um, yeah, it, it's definitely something that if you're a real true baseball fan, uh, casual fans might not, you know, care to make the following of these guys. But for the most part, um, for real you know, real diehard fans, this is kind of an exciting time of year for sure. Not only the all-star game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nope. So, all right. Well, at, well once Craig, again, did you get any insight? 
What did, I was going to ask really quick, uh, did you get any insight from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about guys who are getting drafted in like later rounds for the Brewers? Any any indicators of you know maybe different colleges that the Brewers have been a little bit more heavily scouting? And Tom, um, good question. He did say that he expects them to lean um, more college heavy toward the top of the draft. And he said toward the middle rounds or once you get past round three, he said that uh, expect them to see a bunch of high school picks. But uh, that, that's just his kind of prediction. But he said that, uh, you know, that they do have scouting directors spread out throughout the country and that the, the players will come from all over. Um, and, yeah, he's expecting a really solid draft from this Brewer regime, which he says has done really well drafting over the last five or six years for sure. So. Okay, well, good. I appreciate Tom's insight on that. Yep. All right, and yeah, okay. still waiting well, for the feedback from Trixie and Coco, but uh, so far they haven't gotten back to us. But <laughs> I mean, Scott has had to fire interns before, so this wouldn't be the first time. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. In the meantime, uh, we'll, we will try to get an answer on that. We can publish it on our social media. You give us a follow, uh, Brewker Review One on Twitter, or remember to send in your questions. We'll get to it on our next episode, hopefully. Uh, Brook Review podcasts with an S at gmail.com. I know that Scott has been actively going through and uh, checking on that, so he'll, he'll get to those uh, on his return to the show. I will say for some for an exciting thing, I attended the Futures game at Miller Park back in 2002, of course, when we hosted the All-Star Game festivities, and that was, I believe, maybe the second year of the Futures game. It was definitely in its infancy, and I remember one of the prospects at that game was Miguel Cabrera, who has since become probably one of the best players and certain hall of famers of this of the generation that he he played in so you know though that's that type of talent that you're going to see if i would definitely recommend tuning into that game to watch it uh because again you're going to see many future stars of mlb and possibly future hall of famers in this game uh as, as they're just really kids uh you know as minor leaguers so I mean, it's pretty, yeah, pretty, I know guys pretty, like Trey cool. Hart and Orlando Arcia and others have played in that game, Brewers alum. Um, I do have a list here, but it, it's it's pretty lengthy. So I they don't have it broken down by year. So we're uh, our interns did not give us the right information. But I do have some names. It's just kind of neat seeing some of these names of guys that, you know, have been going through our system and, and who kind of made their their big debut, so to speak, in front of a, a, an audience that might get to know them a little bit better for a, a, the first time in a Futures game. Okay, and here I have this, at least our interns, uh, Trixie just handed me this. 1999 was the first uh, Futures game at Fenway Park. Um, Alfonso Soriano was the MVP of that game. And then the Miller Park in 2002 was the fourth Futures game in history. And the world won that game uh, over the U.S. 5-1. to one, And Jose Reyes was the MVP. Wow, that's, that's interesting. And so he did make a switch. Um, and this is something that I don't think this is the first year, and I should have known this before, but they did make a switch, and it's no longer the U.S. team versus the world team. They've they've kind of gone away from that to go for the AL versus the NL prospect. Yeah, they so switched back to uh, AL, NL. I believe it was just last year. So Just last year, yeah. And um, probably just because of the success of the World Baseball Classic. You know, you kind of get that flair for the international side of baseball a little bit more with the WBC than you do for kind of a, a one-game, one-off, I guess. And it makes – it makes more sense. Um, you had some guys playing for, you know, the world team, maybe that, that, you know, you kind of just threw in there. It seemed like in other years, I, I thought that, um, you know, it was kind of a good concept at first, but it, it, it grew to be a little, 
I think, unwieldy when you have a lot more guys coming from places like the Dominican Republic and, you know, just a lot of more international talent. I think that 40 some percent of Major League Baseball is international now. So it was um, it was kind of evened up in terms of numbers. But I think you you, you just saw that it, it may be just a little easier to go with the ALNL team with the WBC emerging. Yeah, and I like I like them keeping it. You know, the All-Star game is always NL versus AL. And even though I guess that the leagues are really combined at this point, it's still kind of cool because uh, I think that I always think of that NL versus AL for All-Star game extras. So I like that they switch that back for the for sure. futures game as well. So, all right. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. Obviously, the home run derby is on Monday the 11th, All-Star game on July 12th, Midsummer Classic, one of the best days of the year. So hopefully you guys tune into that. and and Absolutely. And cheer on the Brewers representative. So uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we, it'll be an exciting month for our podcast in July because we'll have uh, some trade deadline podcasts, which I'm sure you'll really like to tune into. I know one of our our listeners, um, Alex Miller, is uh, tunes in all the time, and he's really curious yeah. like, who he'd like to uh, acquire. Unfortunately, he threw out the name Juan Soto, and I had to uh, let him down gently that uh, that was not a likely possibility <laughs> for the broker. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. So it sounds good. Well, we'll get some insight from uh, from from Scotty and his interns. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, about some trade deadline stuff. So yeah, and thanks to thanks to Chad as well for his help on today's episode. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Thanks, Scott. And thanks, TC, Tom Carter. Yep. And yep. Uh, all right, that all wraps it up. So have a nice 4th okay, of weekend, everyone. Come on out and support the Go Brewers. Brewers in July. I should point out that we're neck and neck right now with the Reds for first place NL Central. And I believe we have nine games, including six of them at home against the Reds in the month of July. So come on out and support and uh, see us propel into first place in the NL Central in the month of July. Sounds great, Craig. All right, go Brewers. Stay classy, West Dallas. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.